Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. My name is Carmen, one half of the podcast team here, in case you didn't already know. And we had something that uh, that happened tonight that was a little bit different, a little bit out of the ordinary. We had the longest episode that we've ever recorded. We weren't anticipating it. We didn't go down a lot of rabbit holes. We didn't go down a lot of tangents. But we ended up with over a two-hour episode. So Kelsey and I, after we recorded, decided I'm just going to go ahead and put a couple of these intros in to make sure that you guys all know what's going on. So you're going to hear some of our sponsorship uh, right in the middle of the episode is going to be out of place. And you're going to hear the beginning of the next episode, part two, is going to sound a little bit awkward. But thank you guys for sticking with it. Appreciate you all. It's all for the content for you. You guys are the center of everything that we decide to do. So thank you for your patience. We will see you all in the next episode. Make sure you listen to part one and part two for the full, full content uh, stream of what Gray's Academy has to offer as we go into the finale next week of the season four situation two-part episode. So we appreciate you all for your patience. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all in part two uh, right after this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gray's Academy. We are your two favorite Grey's Anatomy podcast hosts. I am one of them, Kelsey. And I am one of them, Carmen. And it's a beautiful day to podcast. Surely is. So and I have a not question only... about our podcast. Okay. Sorry. It is, uh, it releases, releases every Thursday. It's, and uh, it, it is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's ranked it's in excellent. the top uh, in the top 152, depending on the day, uh, to the top 120 of mm-hmm. podcasts after shows in the United States. It's uh, currently number one in Botswana, Chile, the Dominican Republic, top 20 in Japan, top 30 in Canada. Um, the list goes on and on. Um, is that what the information you were looking for? or uh, No, but thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure everyone found that very, very interesting. Um, I was actually going to ask you, when we do our ratings at the end of the podcast... Do you decide like when you're watching the episode or do you like decide when we're recording and talking about it? Does that make sense? I decide. Uh, so there have been a couple of, I think the fives I've gone into this podcast knowing that they're getting a five. Yes. I feel like I agree with that. But most of the time, 99 plus percent of the time I'm sitting there going, I need to hear what Kelsey's thoughts are because there are some things that I miss um, if, if this is your first time listening to the show, obviously like I'm, I'm watching this for the first time. So as I'm taking notes, I try my best to record if I miss something, but like, that's one of my favorite things about doing this with you is you have the hindsight and you've watched these four or five times. Mm-hmm. So if I say something like, for instance, on, on our Instagram at Gray's Academy pod, shameless plug, go check it out. Uh, you had posted that video of Derek seeing, Mark, Rose, Meredith, and Addison on the elevator. And right. I remember his laugh being much bigger. <laughs> uh, but I, I built that up in my head. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, no, okay. Like, when you posted the reel, it was, it was a lot smaller. But, yeah, no, I, I, I try to include your thoughts and your wisdom in my ranking as well. Is that what you do or no? 
I feel like I'm pretty much the same. Yeah, I think I if it's a five, I'm like, this is a five for sure. Like, I know it's going to be a five. Um, but with basically everything else, I'm like, I like the conversation and like the processing because there are certain times like that episode that I gave like a 2.8. I didn't realize how much I didn't like. I didn't love it, but I didn't realize how much I didn't like it until we were talking it through. And then I was like, this is right. Not good. Um, so that I probably would have gone in like given giving it probably still like a three. So it didn't go down that much. But I think the conversation and the like processing and like also if I'm like on the fence about something and it doesn't um like you don't understand it at all to me that's like oh that's a fault on the writing right like obviously again i know like i have hindsight so i know what they're trying to do but like hearing your perspective on certain things makes me be like oh okay well if he doesn't get that then potentially it's you know on the show sometimes it's on you you know and that's fine we all have moments but um yeah, I just wanted I was thinking about it today when I was um, getting ready to watch this one. I was like, you know, because I, I felt I felt strongly about a rating on this one that we'll get to at the end of the show. Um, yeah. So I I was like, well, I'm not deciding now, though, because things change when we when we talk it through. But yeah, I was just like, yeah. ask Carmen if he makes up his mind like before he goes in. No, and and the thing that I don't do that I know you do is you're you're reading the blogs, the the blog mm. posts about these yeah. episodes. So there was something that happened recently where it was it was kind of a small detail, but you you read some of the blog post about it, and it made more sense with the blog context. Yeah, there are some things when I look to the blog to be like, what do the writers want? Because I don't find it clear. And after like I read it a lot of times I'm like, Oh, okay. I see. But at the same time, I don't feel like you should need to go read like a writer's insight to understand what they're trying to do. Like I appreciate that as a resource, but I feel like if it's really, really well done, you don't need it. Like you can just understand what they're going for. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, yeah. It's also even even with Star Wars, there's a lot of things that uh, and and no spoilers. I haven't watched the new Mandalorian episode or the new Ted Lasso episode yet. So, uh, which gosh, that show is so good. That show um, is so good. So I I uh, there's a lot of like lore that are in between the lines that you need to like listen to these commentary from like uh, Favreau and Filoni and and George mm-hmm. Lucas's kind of perspectives. And I don't. Here's the thing. I don't actually hate that, but it's not like we have these DVD sets anymore where you can have that commentary and you could just go, oh, I want to read or at the end of the episode, it's just things, for, you know, quotes with like what you said on last week. There was a, there was an interview with uh, Sandra. Oh, and uh, things like that. Like you just don't always have that. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, it's nice to have those. But imagine imagine watching Friends and not getting to see bl- the bloopers. You know, it's just it's great, but it's not like, whoa, here's also what drives me insane about friends. And I feel like I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but I I don't know. I grew up watching friends on the DVDs because I was like a little too young to watch it when it was on TV. So I was like getting the DVDs like later on as gifts because this was a time when there were DVDs. People, there was not straight. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I still have all my DVDs old. Um, <laughs> I still have all my eight tracks, my laser um, discs. 
And uh, so, like, on the DVDs, they don't have, like, the episode and then the deleted scene. You just have the whole episode with the deleted scenes in it. So yeah, you have said that So that's just the way before, that yeah. I thought it was. And then, but nowhere streams it that way. And it drives me insane. So that's why I will never get rid of my friend's DVDs. No, you can't. <laughs> you cannot. It's, uh, it's a gold mine. And someday it's going to be worth a lot. And someday... DVD players are going to be, oh, you have to get the DVDs because the quality is so much better. Quality on DVDs is better than Blu-ray. The Blu-ray. Anyways, so good to see you. So good to record. Um, Everyone, I know that that was a little bit of a rabbit hole, but it was (laughs) Grey's related because it's TV related. Last last episode, while I had a great time, (laughs) we we got a little wild with our our Riz King and (laughs) our our drip gods and all that stuff. So today we're going to keep a little bit more on track. So, uh, Kelsey, why don't you kick us off and take us away? I will do that. Wait, before you do that. Okay. This episode of Grey's Academy is brought to you by. (laughs) Stop doing that. This episode of Grey's Academy, Carmen (laughs) is enjoying. A brew doctor organic kombucha. The flavor is island mango. And here we go. Hmm. Passion fruit, ginger, and green tea. Incredible. Is there caffeine in it? Kombucha? No, it's uh, well, it yeah, is alcohol. It's, it's like one one millionth percent of alcohol, though. But there's green tea in it. Um, green tea's caffeinated, right? <laughs> <laughs> This is fun for the listeners on this audio uh, podcast. I don't see caffeine in here. I hope not. I have been up since 6.15, or I've been up since 4.50 a.m., which in Carmen time is basically pulling an all-nighter. So, Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, okay, I don't know if there's only, caffeine. It's only fine. Only 15 milligrams, which is going to do nothing for you. Yeah, that would, it's fine. That would do something for me but that would do nothing for you you drink i've already had like 400 milligrams of caffeine today already so it's fine okay anyways this is episode 15 of the fourth season the 76th episode overall and it is called losing my mind and that is a song losing my mind is a song by maroon five uh now i i had never actually heard the song before I, I will say though i'm not a huge maroon five fan like i i don't dislike them by any means um but i don't I go like out they, of they get shit out a lot kind of like do. how Coldplay and nickelback people are like oh they're just bad and i'm like i mean i understand that they're not everyone's cup of tea but i don't think they're bad i saw them live they came and did a free concert at my college they're very good that's live. dope they're oh yeah very good live i I don't have a problem with them uh, the way that I feel like people have truly a problem with Nickelback. Like, people people just enjoy shitting on Nickelback. Nickelback. Well, I don't like this, the way... Nickelback. I don't like that, too. I don't like the the graveliness of his voice. And it see, I don't hate forced. that. It doesn't sound... There are people when I'm like, oh, that's how you sound. And I'm like, I don't feel like that's how you sound. Look at this like, photograph! Right. I feel like he's doing it. Hmm. And I don't know that he's doing it. It's just how I feel. 
Yeah. No, I get it. I get that. Uh, so for me, it, for a long time, it was Taylor Swift. I, I enjoyed Taylor Swift's music, but everyone was like, it was just so easy to shit on Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. Now she's so big. You're an you're asshole gonna, you're for shitting on her. get us canceled for saying no, that no, you no. used to shit on her. Here, no, no. I would I would publicly shit on her and then listen to her music is what I'm saying. Oh, she was she my guilty, was guilty pleasure. pleasure. I see. Yes. Jinx. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So like, right. So just uh, because w- everyone else was doing it and you were being a follower. Well, I okay. so you I were youth. We were babies when she first started singing. I, I dated a girl who was an OG Swifty. And I was an OG Swifty because I was, yeah. you know, listening to the country music. It was the country. I exactly. That, I had that first album, right? You know. But and that's I why I shat on her. Ori- sorry, that's why I yeah, shat on her originally because it was the country, country. music person. Yeah, right. Once she made that transition to pop, I was still like, "Oh, I need to shit on her," but like, shake it off, fucks, you know. Like, and then that that also that whole 1989 album. That's that's the one that was on, right? Like, shake it off is 1989. I think or, so. I think it is, but like actually, just there was one Jessica. Jessica's also she's a newly declared Swifty. She's on a first name basis with Taylor, apparently. Oh, good um, for her. I'm, I love that for her. Yeah, it's uh last of the great American love stories or something like that. It's just like it's just got a good driving beat to it. I don't know if that's off Evermore or Forevermore or Everclear, whatever her albums were that came out in in COVID. Uh, but anyways, this song. Uh, Losing My Mind uh, is from the album It Won't Be Soon Before Long. Now, the actual song, uh, Losing My Mind, did not have a ton of information on uh, the the actual song itself because it was actually re-released as a B-side compilation mix, which typically in the B-side world, what that means is it's the songs that really didn't chart. They weren't singles. Back in the day, that meant that they were the... Uh, the flip side of the, the vinyl. The flip side of the vinyl, right? Which vinyls are still making a comeback. Dude, uh, I, yeah. Tangent. I was tangent. At a store it's okay. Today. I was the yeah. most random. Like it's called B and B discount, and the, I don't even know how to describe it because I went to get formula, and they also had vinyls, and they also had pinatas, and they also had like cups and plates <laughs> and shoes and socks and underwear <laughs> and books. Like I, I can't explain it. But they had a lot of really cool vinyls. So I ended up actually calling my sister and our other friend, Emily, because they're big vinyl people. And I was like, I bet they want one of these. So they had two that I thought my sister would like. She already had one and she asked me to give her the other one. And since Did they have any angels and airwaves finals. No, they didn't have anything. There was something that I did think you would like, but I was, but you don't have a record player. Do you, I would have gotten a record player for the vinyl. Oh, well, it did. They didn't have Angel. They may have had like a Blink-182. No, they had something that I was like, oh, Carmen would like this. But I didn't think you were a record person, so I didn't text you. Because I know Emily and Emily both have record players. Like, they actively collect and listen right. to them. So I got Emily, um, my sister, there was a 10th anniversary Lady Gaga Born This Way um, with like multiple discs in it and like a bunch of different stuff. And it was originally like $70 and they had it for 32 so I said, I asked her if she wanted it and she did. And then um, I got WandaVision on vinyl for Emily Lewis. And the, nice. it's, like a, it's like a picture. Like that's what's cool about vinyl to me is like they also have like pretty stuff on them. And I think it's cool yeah. when they make it look cool. Well, if you remember CDs, they used to do <laughs> that with also, CDs too. Yeah, but it, it was like, it's like less impressive to me on the CD. I don't know why. Because it's just like you can just tell that they just like printed it on there. Yeah. Something yeah. impressive about a vinyl. Yeah, I get that. Also, I don't so, understand how it works. 
I, I, that's alien technology as far as I'm concerned. Did it, you, vinyls did you and microwaves. Oh yeah, well, f- fucking of course. But here's yes, the thing: so I would, <laughs> I would burn the most eclectic music yes. genre. Yes. It was my buddy Ryan and I who, if anyone has ever listened to any of our Dude Thoughts episodes, he came on and did a baseball episode with us for a while. Um, one of my best friends in the world. And also, shout out to Ryan, our other one of our other best friends. Oh, birthday. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Ryan. Ryan. Happy and, birthday, uh, we love you. We love you. Um, and we would drive around, for, like we would go to Chicago, like middle of the night and just go to Chinatown for a smoothie. Yeah. But I would make these mixtapes and it would be like... All 80s, like the Cars, uh, White Snake, Bon Jovi, Cinderella, and then like two Beatles songs. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, or like Duran Duran was always like Hungry Like the Wolf. Anytime that's on the radio, I need to text him. Like, that's our that's our song. That's Ryan and my song. Do you so. know what is, um, never mind. I can't even. I would do you have, have, do you have a song? I'm not gonna oh. that. It's like Boston. Yeah. The, um, What's More than a like, feeling. Yes. Yeah, I got I you. I just that like slaps. More every than time. a feeling. More I think of this. Feeling. Yeah. Also, um, Boston it slaps. Rose has its. Oh. I don't know why in high That's school poison. I thought that was like the funny. I know, but I thought it was like the funniest thing. And me and my two friends, like, we just thought that was like the most hilarious song, and we would just like scream sing it all the time. It's not so, funny. I don't understand why we th- thought it was so funny. That, I want you to know if we ever go karaokeing, that's, that's my karaoke song. That's my go-to song. It's it's at a decent enough range that people know I'm a singer, but it's not at too high of a it's range. Where if, I've, if I've gotten drunk and I'm yelling, I won't blow out my voice and look like an asshole trying to sing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also can air guitar the shit out of that solo. Anyways, all right, Maroon 5. (laughs) The B-side. The B-side. So, yes, okay. So, it was originally released on the album It Won't Be Soon Before Long, and that was released May 16th, 2007, okay? Now, the singles from that album were Makes Me Wonder, Wake Up Call, Won't Go Home Without You, If I Never See Your Face Again, okay? Now, the charts on this actually did pretty well. I I was actually a little bit impressed. It topped out at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200. So I didn't. Sorry, I got a lot of burps. This kombucha is bubbly. Uh, I I forget how how obsessed with music people got, and there like phases came in really hot and heavy in the 2000s, like uh, uh, Millionaire, right? Uh, the guy who did Ballin. It's like uh, even even. Um, the guy who did the Superman song, you know, like people oh. just loved shit. It would hit number one and then it was gone the next week. Yeah. 2000s were wild. So I'm not as surprised when I think about this reaching number one in that context. But it was top 10 in a ton of countries. Australia, Canada, uh, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Japan, Mexico, New Zealand, Norway, uh, Spain, Switzerland, Taiwan, and the UK also reached number one in the UK. So great album. The song itself, uh, the the lyrics actually were were pretty good. Um, there, there were a couple of instances where I was like, okay, because I watched it after I watched the episode, yeah. and 
there were there were some really kind of heavy lyrics in this. Uh, the the one that I specifically okay. Uh, I hate the internet sometimes. So, fuck you. Sorry, give me one second. It won't be long. It Maroon won't Five. Be long now. He's gonna find what he's gonna find, and he's gonna share it with us. Doot, doot. What's your favorite Maroon Five song? Uh, <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. I, I think my favorite Maroon Five song is the the tribute that Adam Levine did for Prince of Purple Rain. Let us all say Adam Levine is shitty. Okay, we understand that. When I saw him, in is concert, he shitty? He wasn't even married. Do you not remember this? Like last no, last September it came out because he's a big like half of his personality is like oh my god my wife I love my wife because she's like a victorious she's literally oh I forgot yeah and he was like instagramming other girls that he had had affairs with and he instagrammed this one girl and was like hey my wife is pregnant I know like we're not fucking anymore but would it be weird if I named my kid after you yeah Adam it would be weird also why did you ask if you're gonna be a freak just be a freak don't ask permission I Anyways. genuinely do not know where this page went. I cannot find. Oh, okay. Because I'm not searching for the right fucking thing. Losing my mind. I kept. Ty- I was saying losing my mind, but I was searching. Uh, the actual the album. It won't be soon before long. Oh yeah. That's not going to get me what I want. No. Okay. So the the li- the lyrics that. Uh, it's specifically, there's a line that says these questions lead to goodbye, but now I got my freedom, don't I? And I'm like, man, like this episode in general, there's a lot that like Meredith is going through processing trauma. The therapist conversation is like very good, but then, uh, like the, like just this dark, dark reality that these questions lead to goodbye. Is that a foreshadowing for Derek and Meredith? Is that a foreshadowing somehow for Christina? Is that a foreshadowing like uh, what wh- what's going to happen? Who knows? But anyways, there was just some dark lyrics in there. Uh, but the song did not make it to Carmen's playlist. It did not get into Carmen's iTunes library. But I will give this song a two out of five stars. Okay, <clears throat> I have not listened to this one. Um, I um. My favorite Maroon 5 song is a song called Secret. I don't think it was really ever on the radio, but I don't know for sure. It was in a movie that I really liked, like a rom-com. Um, and it is a very sexual song. And he did sing it when we we when I saw them live. And I was very excited because I didn't think that they would because it wasn't one of their like big singles. But I vividly remember because some drunk girl in the front row leaned over to her friend when he was like, oh, talking about how he was, whatever he was going to sing next. And she was like, this song's about sex. And he heard her and he goes, you're right. It is about sex. Good job. You cracked the code. <laughs> and I just like always remember that. That is funny. I think you got to go. You got to go classic. She will be loved. Go real old school. Be loved. That's oh, I sound just like it. Incre- I actually I thought rainbows. I actually say it's not always rainbows and butterflies. A lot. I don't know why. I feel like I should. I I feel like it's fun to quote that at people. But when I don't know what else to say when someone's upset, sometimes I'll just go, you know, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. And it always helps. It always helps. That moves us along. 
It helps diffuse the situation. So wise. You're so wise. You're like a miniature Buddha covered in fur. I am just like a... Te- that was a anchor as an Anchorman reference. Oh. Okay. <laughs> when he talks to his dog and he's having a conversation do with you, his dog. Do you remember 23 minutes ago when you said we weren't going to go on tangents? I said we'd be better. And I think we've kept it for the most <laughs> part pretty relevant. We're wrong. I think we're pretty relevant. We've, we've talked more about the episode at this point than we have in the last episode. <laughs> okay. This episode was written by Deborah Kahn. And directed by James Frowley. It aired May 15, 2008 to 15.55 million views. Nice. And the Netflix synopsis is Dr. Wyatt refuses to let Meredith give up on therapy. Alex learns the truth about Rebecca's medical condition. I guess that's, I mean, the first part for sure is a main plot point. I don't feel like Alex is a main plot point. Also, he doesn't find out until, like, pretty far in the episode. Like, virtually the end. Yeah. I would say, I would be like, Dr. Wire refuses to let Meredith quit. Christina has a crisis of self, and Mark turns over a new leaf. Temporarily. Is this the best Mark episode so far? Uh, there's a right answer, and I feel like you're not going to say it. <laughs> here's the thing. I think that... Maybe it is, but it's not. This overall would be the best Mark episode, yeah, but yeah. I don't think this is the funniest he's been. He's had some good freaking one liners. funny in this one. He is funny in this one. If you want to get what's in here, <laughs> you got to get what's in here. Ew. <laughs> oh, Callie was also funny in this episode. Everyone's, I had a, I wrote a bunch down. Weber was funny. George was funny. Um... Bailey and Tuck were not funny. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> it was very a bit of funny. a downer. Um, on that, I will say, uh, reading the blog, I read the blog, and they were like, yeah. "Oh, we were glad to be able to get that fight scene in because sometimes, like, you just got to have a fight where there's not a wrong person or a right person." And I was like, "Tucker's wrong. Tucker yeah. is the wrong person. If you wanted me to think they're not, they're both right or they're both wrong, you, I don't, I, I don't, I think he's wrong." Yeah, you would have needed to uncover a secret affair that Bailey had for it to be close. Well, or like, I he's not communicating. He didn't. Also, it's confusing because in the, because then George like has her go talk to him or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, so they're trying to make it work. But last week he was on a date. Yeah, that was we'll we'll, we'll get into the, the the confusing minutia of that. We we can maybe start with Bailey, but just so everyone knows, so there's a couple other storylines. So you've got uh, Doctor uh, Walter Why? Tapley, Walter Tapley, Walter Tapley, and that the chief's uh, mentor, the chief's mentor, coming in for some heart surgery. That uh, he's trying to get Erica to do the surgery. A woman named Greta, who's the next person in Derek and Meredith's clinical trial. Uh, a lot of a lot of wild ass shit going on with that storyline. Uh, you've got Callie and Mark trying to Callie and yeah and Mark trying to go through. Uh, he's trying to turn over a new leaf, and we've got this this scene, this storyline where. Weber's trying to figure out how to like 
maneuver getting Adele back and George is his guy. And yeah, Christina's just on a fucking rampage. Yeah, this one, this is, I will say, this one was hard even for me with Christina. Like, I, I was going to ask if this is like, can you I mean, still stand Christina I in this microcosm? Like, this, is, this is too mean for no, I mean, I'm not going to say for no reason because she has a reason, but she it's just lashing out. It's not a reason for that person, but it is a reason. It, she's lashing out, and that that seems organic, mm-hmm. but but to whom is a bit mean. Yes, I I agree. Uh, and and no recap for this episode. We get no recap. We jump right in. So, all right. You want to start with Bailey? You want to just kind of start there? Bailey and Tuck go right into some heavy stuff and get it out of the way. Uh, yeah. So. The the Bailey the Bailey storyline in general. So you've got you have this this kind of early early storyline in the episode where Bailey's kid is is lashing out and hitting kids at school, punching kids. Yes. So they call her and and George is like, I I got it. I'll go get him. Which we never see her put her car seat in George's car, but that's just apparent uh, breaking of the fourth wall that I would have liked to have seen. I feel like that would have been a fun conversation of of George trying to install a uh, car seat in his car. (laughs) Those things are not easy, but you, you get, you get this, this, this buildup to where Tuck is just in the hospital. And I didn't see that coming because like you said, last week we kind of leave it at they're done, which I predicted. Uh, so you also but, predicted we were never going to see Tucker again. So, right. <laughs> so there's a possibility that I was wrong. Maybe. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, so what were, what were some of the things that you had written notes on and we can, we can kind of take that from there. So with the Bailey and Tucker thing, well, yeah, so she gets in, she gets paged from the daycare and George goes to look into it and they, they kick Tuck out because he punched a kid. But like we have kids in daycare. They don't kick kids out for that. Biting. Maybe my child has been bitten multiple times and none of those kids have gotten kicked out. Oh, I will say she has gotten bitten three times by, but three different people. I think if one person bit her that many times, I do think they would be like, you, you have to do something. But like, it's been three different people and in three different classrooms, but still, I wish that she wouldn't get bitten. It's a bummer. For I me. also I wish get that for very her. angry every time it happens and not like at the school. Like it's not their fault. They're not there. They handle it fine. Um, they always like let us know right away and like they take care of her and everything. But I'm always like, why is this happening? <laughs> um, anyways, that's a whole other thing, but it's fine. But anyways, they don't kick kids out for being shitty basically. Cause kids are just like, they don't know any better. Like, especially they say he's 14 months old. Um, which side note, that means it's been only 14 months since the bomb episode, which was the yeah. middle of season two. So that's it's been insane. One year and two months since the bomb episode. And, and we we're are almost in... two, two full seasons out. Yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to-be-read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to-be-read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month 
focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I I will never understand time in the show. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're putting a lot of thought into it. And initially, like, do they anticipate people picking it apart at this level? No. Is that going to stop us? Also, no. But, okay, so Tuck punches the kid. They they pull him out. George gets him and brings him to Bailey. And he's Wait, like, Wait, oh, I we- want you to know that I forgot that Tuck's name is Tuck for a second. And... <laughs> So I'm sitting here thinking, Papa Tuck punched the kid. <laughs> I'm like, wait, hold on. That kid is way too okay, young. Okay, to clarify. My Tuck dad didn't even hit me kid. at 14 months. You don't know that. That's fair. Uh, Trauma. <laughs> um, Tucker is the adult. Tucker Tuck is, is the adult. Child. Tuck is a kid. Yes, thank you. It is confusing. Also because his name is William. George William Tucker the fourth. No. It's William George Bailey. That's his name. Tuck. Tuck for short. Yes. Which doesn't make sense. <laughs> kind of like how if you're Richard, you just choose to go by Dick. Yeah. Or how like Jock, Jack and John are like nicknames for each other. Like just that's the same. William the same is Bill. Of letters. You know, it, it makes no sense. Anyways. Okay. So they get Tuck. He's in trouble. And then. Tucker comes in later and Bailey tells him like, Oh, he punched a kid. And he's like, Oh yeah, I know I'm dealing with it. He's been doing it. And she's like, well, why didn't you tell me that? Which is a fair question. It is fair. That's, that's why I'm I'm actually shocked that you say that about the blog, because here's the thing. If anything happened in daycare that I didn't tell Jessica, I, I, I'm in the wrong. I know that. Yeah. Whether I forgot to tell her or it's malicious, uh, uh, what's the abstaining Intense. from le- giving that information, right? A live omission. Mm, yes. That's what I meant to say. And that's what's going on with, with Tucker. He's, he's omitting that information out of spite. And then she's like, well, why didn't you tell me? And then he goes off on this shit of, I didn't, I don't disrespect your surgery skills. Don't disrespect my father's skills. That's not, 
It's not your father's skills. It's communication, dude. I didn't yeah. understand that logic that he had because he went from a zero to a 10 and he is one tall fucking guy. He is very, but tall. also Bailey short. So, so small. <laughs> yeah. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can get the actual direct quote from the blog because it's really bizarre. I am curious what they say on that. Cause and also it's just so weird because they're just fighting in the hospital. Yeah. Like it's loud. And George, kudos to him. He does a great Precious, job of going in there. This is a good George episode. Really um, good George episode. And I, he takes Tuck away and then he goes like a step further to even like try and distract him and like block him from seeing it. Um, you're really not supposed to yell in front of babies because it can like mess up their brain development and it stresses me out because I um, sometimes yell and I try very hard not to yell. Not at Scarlett. But like Michael and I try not to fight in front of our children, but sometimes he's annoying and I have to fight with him. Um, but I, we always try and at least keep the volume down when we're doing it. Yeah. I don't always do a good fight. job at that. Yeah. It's hard. We, it is hard. It's also, you know, I don't know if your parents yelled at each other growing up, but like my parents grew they yelled at each other all the time well there was more one-sided yelling but it <laughs> was other things and other things but it uh i'm i'm fine i'm healed you know so i'm sure my kid will be also totally <laughs> 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 two o'clock work for you let me yeah just, let me just read this quote um okay it, it says i had fun this is from the writer guys this is from deborah I had fun with this episode. The Bailey and Tucker fight was fun. It was satisfying. It was satisfying to write a fight where there's no good guy and no bad guy and no mistake. Just two people who love each other and want to make it work and can't because it's really hard to make it work. And love and good intentions and good actions don't always help. It's just hard. But I don't feel like that is what the situation is. I don't feel like Tucker has any good intentions. I don't feel like he's trying at all. I, I do feel like they love each other. I do. Um, but I also feel like Tucker is just so resentful and he didn't communicate that for so long. So now he's got it all built up inside him and nowhere to put it. So he's just like, um, his like default is rage at this point and blame. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard to be like, Oh, there's no bad guy when he comes in and escalates like immediately, like he doesn't give her the chance to ask any question. It's just frustrating to watch. So, yeah, that was that was confusing to me. It's it's always very interesting. I need to start reading these blogs after I watch these episodes because it's interesting to me to see what they thought they were doing and what actually came out. And sometimes, you know, I feel like it's really well done and I don't need any explanation. And sometimes I go to the blog and be like, why? Like last week, honestly, I went to the blog to be like, why did you have her singing? Like, I understand she's having, like, a mental crisis, but why Why is she singing? Other than because it's not Christina E to have her do that. Like, this episode, her reaction, I feel like, tracks more. I don't need an explanation. I don't like it. I don't think it's fair to other people. But to me, it tracks more because I also lash out when I get upset. Um, so, like, that's you? just relatable. Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, See what you did there. You lashed but, out yeah. at me. I did, I did. And I do it often. Um, But yeah, it's just weird sometimes. And I think that just says something to when you have a writer's room and you have a team of people and they're all very talented. 
Um, but different people have different strengths and no one's, no one's ever Shonda, right? Like no one's ever going to be Shonda. No one ever will be. No one should be trying to be Shonda. Like she is in a league so far above anybody. And I, I thought you were going to say a league of her own, which is ironic really because is. Ma- Madonna was in that movie and Christina was singing Madonna. That would have been um, a really good full circle moment. Also, I was watching a video that Shonda had posted on her Instagram about how uh, a couple years ago in an interview, Ellen Pompeo had said that she's the highest paid actress on television, which is true. Um, and she like got a lot of blowback when she said that because they were like, how dare she like brag? Which is a weird thing that our culture does specifically to women. Two women, two women. Um, right. Yeah. Because, and she, Shonda says this in the video. She's like, men brag when they don't deserve to brag and no one says anything, but they also brag when they do deserve to brag. And when they do deserve to, they're like really, really good at it. And no one ever says anything, but like when women do it, they're like, shut up. You got to keep your success hidden. How dare you be so conceited. And, um, so she was talking about how that happened with Ellen Pompeo. And she was like, didn't want to do that. She wanted to be an example and she didn't want to hide her success. And so she said that with her like deal that she has with Netflix. Now she's the highest paid showrunner, like in the business. And she didn't want to hide it. And I said, good. You fucking shouldn't hide it. And also I'm not surprised. It's like so beyond because she said she's like, and I deserve that job or that title. And I was like, yeah, you do. You guys watching these shows? These are good. Yeah. Shout out to our friend Megan, by the way, who's like Mm -hmm. slowly creeping up or maybe she's been texting you directly because she's passed me in scandal. But I was actually uh, thinking that I was like, because I haven't heard from her either, because sometimes with spoilers, she does text me outside of um just me directly and i haven't heard from her in a couple days and i was like i wonder if she paused the show or just stopped because she didn't want to do the spoilies fair also while we're at it uh just want to give a quick shout out to our friend alicia haven't heard from you for a while hope you're doing okay oh my god no alicia's great she sent oh, me good. an email hold on because oh, remember good. a couple episodes ago when she um when we didn't know what the fuck was happening with um coding uh, like the medical yes. coding and billing. Yes. So yes. she actually studied that. Oh, wow. And she was going to go into it and she ended up like not doing that as a career, but she did study it. And so this is when we were talking about uh, when that guy was in the ER and Izzy was doing like all of those tests for no reason because she's dumb. Right. And yeah. we were like, how does that get billed? Like, does he pay for it? Whatever, whatever. So this is what she said. A lot of those tests that require multiple blood draws or drugs are coded in a quote unquote panel. So it's one code and one charge for that set of tests for the specific thing. Billing can get complicated when multiple sets of tests are used, but there are some code sets that do include common additional sets that might be used also. So if someone was getting an STD panel, that would include the most common infections to be tested for. But if you're testing for something specific like syphilis, the code would would read with HIV panel to test for both infections. The test for syphilis and the panel of HIV tests would both be included. Got it. So there are certain things that would fall under multiple umbrellas that you're not getting double dipped for on the charges. Yeah. And so, um, she also said general notes about coding because it's underrated. Coders use three different manuals to locate codes. One for why the patient came in, one for what the doctor performed to fix it. And the third generally is for medical devices the patient may need. Um, and she said the exam is super difficult. It's five and a half hours long, 150 questions. And the questions are like written to try and trick you. Interesting. Yes. So. Well, thank you for that shout information and insight, Alicia. Alicia. Yeah, shout out. 
We do love. We love. We stand. A queen. Our OG Patreon subscriber. Uh, it's true. Okay. So anything else you want to talk about with Bailey? I feel like that's a good. I mean, it, here's the thing. It's I, I. It's weird where they took it from last week and where they're going with mm-hmm. it now. And yeah. George kind of giving them that moment of, you got to go just fucking fight it out and yeah. then you know come back and to he's it not later. Wrong. He's not wrong, but it is weird that last week they were on a date and now George is like, in in his defense, Bailey told that to Izzy for some weird reason. Uh, but it, yeah, it's it's. I'm curious. I'm curious. I mean, I, I hope so, but I, I selfishly want my prediction to be correct that they're going to break up and get a divorce, but also Bailey deserves happiness. So if it's Tucker, then, you know, be happy, Bailey. You do you. Yeah. And she doesn't really do medicine in this episode, does she? She isn't she in Walter Tapley's surgery? Like at first. Yeah. At first they have her on Tapley until the whole thing goes with Tuck and then she has to take him and deal with that. But, like, they don't really oh. have her outside of the Tapley thing. Got it. So, yeah. Ba- Bailey on Tapley. Let's just jump into George, because this is, like, not a bad George episode. So there's no. what he does with Tuck, which is nice. And then there's, like, Weber has made the intern to the chief, like, a real job. And he's, like, working really, really hard. He's very dedicated to it. Um and then at the end, we get the nice thing with him and Tapley where he's like, hey, because Tapley says like, oh, you're doing a good job. And he was like, hey, do you mind to tell Dr. Weber that? Because this is the situation. And I just like want to make sure that like he knows that other people think I'm doing a good job. Tapley's like, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> Which was weird. It really was. Because like George didn't do anything to make him think that he was cutting corners he was swallowing. I'm all for swallowing your pride and just asking for help. Yeah. Throw in a good word for me, please. You're his mentor. I'd appreciate it. It would mean a lot. Also, like the guy told him, like, you're doing a good job. And George isn't even saying like, hey, could you lie and say I'm doing a good job? He's like, oh, could you just tell that exact same thing to the person in charge of me? <laughs> nah, bitch. Like, I don't understand old people. Am I right? Yeah, it was it was also weird because this episode was over the course of one singular day. Yeah. Which seemed long <laughs> for all of the things that were happening. Like what time did these people start their day? Is we I have no idea. Is is it starting at 12, 12 a.m.? I don't know. No, well, because so when Meredith mixes the the stuff, she's like, it's only good for six hours and it was only going to be good until six. So she had mixed it at noon. But she had two. Then she had a a two o'clock therapy session and then she had another therapy session. She also had she started in therapy. She started going in and demanding her chart. No, that's right. This is a wild episode. So, okay, George, back to George. What else you got for George? Um, George, Christina's mean to George. It's like really mean to her. She's like really mean. Really mean. She says nothing that's untrue, but some things don't need to be said. Yeah. And the implication on them is well, that like. Hold on. So you're saying that you think that the only reason that Burke made George his guy was because Burke pitied George. I think that was a direct quote from her. Um, yeah. I mean, she says like, oh, for some reason he pitied your pathetic ass or whatever. 
Um, and I think it was more that he did see potential in George, which I think the chief also sees because now like the difference is Burke was like teaching him medicine and the chief is like teaching him administrative duties. So future chief resident, George, George O'Leary. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. He kept calling him O'Leary. I was like, is no one going to correct <laughs> this man? Not even George. I I shouldn't say that. There are so many times old people say my name wrong and I just don't even correct them. Oh, anyone who says my name. If anyone calls me Cameron, you're getting a correction. I don't care if you're the president. I don't (laughs) care who you are. Only only Paul McCartney gets a free pass. A lot of people call me Chelsea. And if I'm like never going to interact with them again, I'm like, this is not worth my time to correct you. I just don't care. That's fair. Also, a lot of times if people do it, I'm like, you probably can't hear and I just don't, I don't care. Like the, the whole storyline when Abby's working for the president and they call her Allie. Yeah. And I'm like, this is hard for me to watch. Just her, it's, yeah. She doesn't have a complex name. There is a kid in Scarlett's class named Cameron. I always laugh when he comes up in conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Cameron. So we get we get the start of the George interactions uh, where he's kind of running around and this is like right when they introduced that Tapley's going to be here and we don't know who that is yet. Uh, and he's like, I want you Weber's like, I want you to do this, 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 this. And also this, 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 this. So the administrative stuff, like you said, but also then like randomly he starts sending sexually charged <laughs> emails to Adele funny. on Weber's behalf. Funny, funny, funny. Tell her the train's leaving the station. And then he like reads it to Weber says, read me the email. And George goes, I don't think that's a good idea. Because he tries to read it in Weber's like deeper voice. And it's so bad. Um, he's like, Adele, come to dinner with me. The love train is leaving. Then Weber's like, I'll just do it. You're so <laughs> this done. Well, and then George is even like, with all due respect, sir, you came up with the train thing. <laughs> I I like I like this George, right? He's complaining less. He's working hard. Yeah. He's um he's doing a good job. He's you know, him and Lexi seem to be friends. Until they bone and then they date and get married. Okay. okay. And have children and they will name their first daughter Calliope Iphigenia Torres Oba- O'Malley. Gray O'Malley. Because they'll hyphenate. Right. Gray O'Malley Gray. Double hyphen. Ah. Okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah. George, it's just a good episode for George, I feel like. What other what other things stood out to you other than you know we get this, uh, they he doesn't really practice medicine. He saves Lexi at one point with the central line. Yeah, and he says at the end he's like I haven't even seen an OR and and then he realizes how long it's been since he's been in an OR. So, but he gets his attaboy. Yeah, I also he's like my back is killing me. No offense, and I was like that is. So relatable to me right now. My back is so broken from hauling around a nine-month-old who weighs like 20-something pounds. Yeah, it's incredible. It's impressive, actually. Uh, I'm trying to think what other... Taking muscle relaxers, and they're really not even doing anything. That's how bad it is. Yeah. 
I think we we can't really talk about George without talking about Weber. Yeah, he's in this episode. very he's very intertwined in a lot of storylines yeah. um, in this episode, which I think is even more impressive that it's a good episode because there's a lot of t- opportunities for him to be annoying, and he's not. He's I not. It. I like when Lexi says that she needs help, and he gives the speech about he, how he's close to God, and so he can't help her. And then he goes, and I realize how unchristian like that sounds. <laughs> Uh, it's about the awareness. It's about the awareness, George. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's funny. Also, uh, not, not, no, this part's not funny. They, I, I caught that they were, they keep referring to Adele as Weber's wife. Yes. And she is. Yes. But there was a period where we were like, okay, they're getting a divorce. They're separated. He said, they're, he yeah. said they were getting divorced and Bailey said her husband was on a date. And I feel like no one thought anyone was going to remember either of those things or something i don't know because they were like we'll just skip that part don't worry yeah. about it yeah because they they keep referring and they'd like oh did uh my your, your wife didn't call but uh they did want me to tell you that it's been 20 minutes and everything's okay so you're good you know don't worry weber no change and also at one point the funniest the funniest thing weber does in this episode well, he has a couple funny things, but to me, the funniest thing in the episode is when he's talking to Callie and Han, and mm-hmm. the last oh, thing yeah. he says is, "And if you see my wife, tell her to give a man a fucking call back." Like, yeah, that was a really funny like scene. they're gonna see her in the hospital. Yeah, that was a good scene. I liked that one. Uh, okay, so yeah, Weber Weber's mentor comes and he's um deteriorating rapidly like he is just on the verge of death because he has a shitty heart because he's a million and like he doesn't look like he's in great health okay he's old and like he doesn't look like he's taking great care of himself yeah the Um, the three ladies who share one eyeball hanging out with hades are getting ready to cut (laughs) that dude's string that was a deep cut, and I fucking love it because that's. My I listen. Hercules Disney is movie. so fucking that's good. That's my favorite <laughs> Disney movie of all time. Uh, I, I whenever I think of death, I want you to know that those three ladies are what I think of. They're just <laughs> out there cutting strings, and they're like, "Let me just, hey, I need this eye we for thirty know. seconds." I know you know. <laughs> um, Who are the voices of the? Are, was there any like big celebrities that are the voices of those three? I don't know, but James Wood is Hades, and that's like yes. really peak, honestly. So good. Anyways, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Um, so yes, Walter Tapley's old and decrepit and dying, and um, so he comes and he's Richard's mentor, and I don't what we were talking about. It's fine. Just transition to this whole storyline. This is great. Yeah, but, but they all—he seems to be a founding fa- father of cardiothoracic surgery. Yes, and also of Richard's career. Um, and Han does not fucking care. Does not care at all. He goes, <laughs> "Let me tell you a story." Well, hold on, pause. Is this a story about how you were a struggling black male surgeon and he picked up your career from the bootstraps, and this is where you are now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't care. I'm still not doing it. <laughs> she is so funny. She's savage yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, she really is funny. And um, she, I, I really remember hating her. And it has to just be, I guess, because there are really bad episodes um, with like Chris, the Christina situation. And there are episodes where she like takes it too far. Um. But like in this one, when there's minimal interaction between her and Christina, I'm like, this is fine. She's fine. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Um, you okay? Are you? Yeah, I'm, are you yeah, I'm looking at my tablet. No, I was just listening. I was listening your to hairs. your hair. Your hair is. Oh yeah, I just right I, I twisted it. I just I went went the other way, and I said, let's just go the other way for right now. Put a little hand on it. Yeah. Uh, so. One of the things that I th- thought was very funny, we kind of already touched on, is that Tapley just keeps referring to him as O'Leary and no one corrects yeah. him. Even even though I think Weber sees it and is like, ah, eh, fuck it. It's whatever. But yeah. he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. So he so he comes in though. Walter comes in and he explains that none of his colleagues want to do the surgery. No one yeah. wants to kill this guy. I get it. Han gets it. It all it all works out well. The storyline has a beautiful, peaceful ending where George doesn't get what he wants from him, uh, but he lives against all odds. And that Did dude has. Did you think he was going to die? No, I thought he was. I, I the second I saw that guy, I was like, he's an old white guy. He's going to live. He's fine. <laughs> uh, they're not going to kill off the old white guy. But they of never course, do. the and the man, do they need to. Right. Uh, but, you know, the uh, the heavier set black woman goes into a coma for the rest of her life. OK, Shonda Land. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. But uh, I mean, that does happen. But it's I don't think it's you know, it, it moves the story forward. Uh, but Walter has just a shit ton of stuff wrong. Like everything that could go wrong yeah. with this guy's heart. He's like, I have this and this and this and this and this and this and, and also this. this other thing. And these are the things I need. Yeah. <laughs> also, I will die. <laughs> But I want to die with a friend because I have no kids and I have no wife and I have no life. Yeah, that was sad. He was like, I had to hunt you down because otherwise I was going to die alone. It is sad, but that's 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 part of we're seeing. We see this storyline in different stages throughout this show. You see Burke try to overcome it and then break up with Christina. You see Meredith try to overcome it with her sister, but kind of fake do it. And then you have the Derek thing. You have... Bailey, whose marriage is falling apart, Weber, whose marriage has fallen apart and he misses chance to have kids, and you see this Walter guy whose heart is going to explode at any moment and he has no wife, no kids, nothing. So yeah, there's a, there's like a lot of implication that you can't have both and they talk about it a lot. Like, oh, you can't have both, you can't have both, you can't have the career and the family. You can't even have career and like love apparently. So, um I don't know. It's mixed messages. Yeah. So the thing that I really appreciate about the Walter storyline is you see a little bit of an arc with Weber mm-hmm. where he's not just this mentee. He is, he, he's a doctor. You see him try to go through this arc of, listen, man, I respect who you are in my life and what you've done for my career. But like, also dude, like this could kill you. Yeah. And and Walter goats him a little bit and is like, you can't even, you've you've lost your edge, Weber. You can't even get Han, your head of your head of cardiothoracic, to do the surgery for me. What kind of fucking chief of surgery are you? So he, you know he gets under his skin a little bit, but uh, Weber gets this this good moment where he's like, yeah, I I I'm the one that you're looking to before you could be dying, and I'm the one who gets to come back and say, hey, uh, stop talking because you're you're a patient who's just recovered from surgery. Yeah. So. Uh, you get you get a lot going on, and you could tell that this patient means something to Weber, and that obviously plays into the George storyline too. Yeah, and also I just a funny moment uh, when Alex comes up and he's like, "Is Walter Tapley in there?" And George goes, "No," and Alex says, "Like, are you lying?" And George goes, "Yes." 
And then Meredith comes up and goes, is Tapley in there? And George goes, no. And she goes, liar. And he goes, yes. <laughs> and it like is an inconsequential moment, but I think it's really funny. It is funny. And then as soon as Han gets there, he just is like, oh, I need to go in there. I'm important. Yeah, I'm in the room I with God. I'm in here now. And I realize how unchristian like that sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. A nice, nice, nice George episode um, on the Weber note. When he does, let's talk about the scene when he approaches Callie and Erica in the cafeteria um, to yes. yell at Han because she won't do the surgery. And Callie's like, should I leave? And he's like, no. And then he keeps arguing with Erica and Eric keeps arguing back. And Callie goes, I'll leave. And he said, I said, don't leave. What is it with all the women not listening to me today? And he's like, you're going to do the surgery and you're not going to leave. And if either of you see my wife, tell her it's polite to call a man back after you spend the night with him or whatever it is he says. Yeah. He he is funny and he's grown with his comedic chops. Him and George, yeah. I think, have grown the most with their comedic chops. Uh, and Addison's not on the show anymore, but Addison also was just so funny. Yeah. And they just have good timing. It's it is interesting though because then you get a scene a couple minutes later where Han decides she's doing the surgery and mm. she's in there and she's like, "Oh shit, fuck, he's gonna die. I should never have like I just butchered this man and it's gonna go on my career and you're gonna be totally fine." Blah blah blah. And then Weber's like, "You fucking did it. Can you just shut up? Yeah, it's fine." And then also, she when goes, she's panicking, when she very first like starts the surgery. When she goes to cut him open and Weber goes, okay, don't kill him. <laughs> so funny. What, what does she say? It's, uh, I, uh, I have, I have the quote here somewhere. I just don't remember where I put Han in, in this list of, uh, wait, Weber, here it is. Fuck you, Carmen. Why can't I do <laughs> Truly. Anyways, it's, she says something about, I'm about to cut open. Oh, uh, one of the founding fathers of cardiothoracic surgeries on the table. I'm about to slice open his chest. Can you give me a minute? And then she does it. <laughs> Whoever goes, don't, don't screw him. it up. And then she goes, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, but yeah, she does panic because she thinks she, she does think she kills him towards the end. And then it's like, all right, no, she's good. He's good. She and then Bailey's well like, yeah, it's pressure. holding. It's good. It's perfect. Everything's fine. And he lives. He does live. You know, I honestly kind of felt like that was surprising. I was like, it's just easier to kill him off. And then it's just like something for Weber to do in the next episode is be sad. No, it, it made sense for Han's storyline. She, they don't, yeah. because I wouldn't want her to, she's, she, they're setting her up to be a legend somehow. Uh, and if you kill this guy, you can't be a legend. But she says, or the the thing that I you know really I it takes I take to heart in these kind of moments. It's a quote that a wise man once told me: "Is learning is like healing; it happens over time." Mm. Mm. A wise old white man. A wise old Walter white Tapley. man, Walter Tapley. Um, um, yeah, that 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 scene I didn't like, but it was it's okay. Yeah. Also, I don't. I can't imagine he was a good mentor. Doesn't feel like a good mentor. Yeah, he just seems sexist and a bit racist. Yeah, he's he didn't really do anything that like gave me. He definitely did stuff that gave me sexist vibes because he was he was like Weber. You can't even control these women and whatever. What's going on? But like, I didn't really get a lot of racist vibes. But I just have to assume that if you're that age and you're white, you're probably a little bit racist. Maybe it's not good to assume. We don't know. You're he did give correct. him. He did give him a chance when he was a struggling young black surgeon. 
Yes, that's true. A struggling young 38-year-old man, child surgeon. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's fine. He's there. And anything I'm else you want to add with, with Walter Tapley? I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't think so. So I think it's uh, a good time now for us to pause for a couple of notes from our regional sponsors. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I was just laughing at the fact that we've like talked about two storylines. <laughs> the rest of them, I think, are going to go pretty quickly towards the end uh, here. It's, we've only got like five minutes left of the show to talk about. So Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Anyways, all right. We'll be back from a brief break from a word from our regional sponsors. Be back in a second. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. 